Welcome to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. There were lots of big headlines in 1983. Unemployment was the highest it had been in 40 years. President Ronald Reagan proposed a defense system that became known as Star Wars. Motorola introduced the very first cell phone. And there was an article published that year that probably seemed like small potatoes at the time, but that would go on to have tremendous impact. The article was in one of the big news weeklies, back in the days when Time, Newsweek, and U.S. News and World Report were the big three. And it tried to take on what seemed like an impossible task, determining which of the thousands of colleges in the U.S. were the best. Even in those early days, according to Scott Jassick, who's the CEO and editor of Inside Higher Ed, it was clear that the U.S. News and World Report rankings were going to be big. Look, Americans love rankings. People gravitate toward them. It doesn't mean that it's the best college, but people want to boast about their alma mater, their home state institution, and there are real consumer needs for more information about higher education. What many in higher education argue, as do some high school counselors, is that the impact of the U.S. news rankings have been far too big. They've changed how college presidents and governors, parents, students, how they all make decisions. The rankings, some say, might seem innocuous or peripheral, but they're remaking the system, and not in a good way. The man behind the rankings tends to stay out of the spotlight. More than 40 years ago, Robert Morris took a job at the magazine U.S. News and World Report. When he started, he could not have imagined that a small project in the 1980s, the ranking of colleges, which was just one of the many articles in the magazine, would become so wildly popular, it would outlast the magazine itself, which stopped putting out its weekly paper product in 2011. None of the people involved at the beginning, and I took over the rankings in 1987, none of us predicted or even thought at any level that rankings would evolve to be what they are today. We weren't even thinking about it at all. We were just thinking about producing a product to fill 20 or 25 pages in in a weekly news magazine. Morse sounds grandfatherly, and indeed, he's a grandfather. He's also an ex-Treasury employee who loves statistics. And he has shepherded statistics about the college rankings for about 30 years now, meaning that many in higher education consider him a singularly powerful man. But Scott Jassick, the editor of Inside Higher Ed, told me that over time, resistance to the rankings has grown. I think it has built up, but almost as long as I can remember writing about U.S. news, I can remember talking to people saying, you realize they're really silly. And they have reason for saying so. Mm -hmm. This is not a way to pick a college even, you know, and people will say, and U.S. News will say, well, what about consumer reports to choose a toaster or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, or, or a refrigerator? Right. I would argue that college is not like a toaster or refrigerator. <laughs> now, in a toaster or refrigerator, you do have cost issues, but basically for what you're willing to spend, there is a best toaster or a best fridge. Mm-hmm. I think college is much more complicated. I think that colleges that are routinely on the top of U.S. News would be terrible institutions for many students. Likewise, I think there are colleges that are way down in the U.S. News list that may be a perfect place mm-hmm. for many students. Mm-hmm. So I, I just flat out think it doesn't make sense. Um, 
How has U.S. News and World Report changed the approach of parents and students to colleges? Well, first of all, U.S. News now has lots of imitators. So there are lots of rankings. They have spawned an industry. Many parents care about the rankings. Many trustees care about the rankings. A parent might say, well, I'll pay for a top college, not a bottom college or whatever. Mm. Um, So many students look at them. Particular groups of students value them more than others. So for instance, international students who are a very important market for American higher education and may make up 10% of undergraduates at many institutions, they really care about rankings and their parents really care about Mm -hmm. rankings. Mm -hmm. Likewise, I don't think the people who are choosing between Harvard, Yale, and Stanford care much at all. I think the rankings tend to have more influence on the nearly top colleges. So Mm -hmm. there's been research that we've written about that there's a big boost to be 49 as opposed to 51. But if you look at the top 10, which is largely the same every year with modest changes, I don't think it makes a difference if Harvard is one or two or three. Back in 2012, a small, prestigious liberal arts college in California, Claremont McKenna, was found to be inflating the SAT averages that they sent to U.S. News. At the time, U.S. News had named Claremont McKenna the ninth best liberal arts college in America, which the school was very proud of. They were sitting up in rarefied air. So why were they doctoring their numbers? Not just to have better rankings, but they wanted their top officials to feel that they were getting the elites while the admissions people wanted to admit more disadvantaged students, more minority students who didn't have the top SAT scores. Now, I'm not defending the fact that they lied to U.S. News and submitted false data, but what you see there is a twisting of priorities. Hmm. Admissions people who wanted to focus on broadening the pool of students felt pressure to instead focus on who has the highest SAT scores. SAT scores, as it happens, correlate heavily with how much money your family has. According to SAT data released a few years ago, kids from families that earn more than $200,000 a year score, on average, hundreds of points higher than students whose families earn between $20,000 and $40,000 a year. In 2017, the website Politico published an article that came out swinging against U.S. News college rankings. It argued that the rankings privilege rich schools accepting rich kids and that institutions trying to bridge the educational divide in this country are punished. Some of the most powerful aspects of the article were quotes from college leaders. For example, here's what F. King Alexander, the president of Louisiana State University, said, quote, I think U.S. News has done more damage to the higher education marketplace than any single enterprise that's out there. Carol Christ, the chancellor of the University of California, Berkeley, noted that the extent to which U.S. News motivates schools to pick wealthier students is, quote, mind-boggling. Robert Morse, who runs the U.S. News College rankings, says that those kinds of accusations are just flat-out wrong. And I I think blaming U.S. News because they can't get enough resources from their state government to have all the programs that they need to meet the needs of the state is not a U.S. News fault. It's Mm. the state government or or the state government doesn't think the state taxpayers would 
pay for more. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's a lot going on to blame U.S. News for higher education's ills. Mm -hmm. uh, I think higher education needs to look inward at itself. Moore says U.S. News is measuring the marketplace, not making the marketplace. And after all, if you were a parent forking over a ton of money for your kid's college education, wouldn't you want to know whether 50% of students ultimately graduate from a given school versus, say, 80%? Wouldn't you want to know which colleges provide their faculty with needed resources? And Moore says that U.S. News makes sure that schools taking students with Pell Grants, so needy students, that those schools do not suffer just because poorer students are less likely to graduate than richer students. In fact, Moore says, if those schools have a better graduation rate for students with Pell Grants than would be statistically expected, they are rewarded. Plus, he says, the rankings are one tool in a toolbox. Don't rely on them to make all your decisions about college. Scott Jassick, who's the editor of Inside Higher Ed, couldn't agree more. What I encourage high school students to do is in wherever, near wherever they live, go visit a bunch of colleges. You may not want to go there, but visit a liberal arts college and a community college and a big state university and a smaller state university and think about whether there's a type of college that works for them. Then think about finances and what they can afford factoring in that many colleges are exceptionally generous with aid. Then factor in academics and seek help from their college counselors on the kinds of places they can look at and the kinds of places that may have good programs for uh, their academic interests, at the same time remembering that the academic interests of many 17-year-olds are long gone by the time they're 19. So I hmm. am always a little wary about mm -hmm. going too narrow. Mm -hmm. But then, then, then you sort of find out, am I looking at big public universities that are strong in math and science? Or am I looking for small liberal arts colleges strong in the humanities? Um, or I really care about study abroad, so I'm looking at places with strong study abroad. But I sort of do a... Multi, suggest a multi-step thing where you think about different issues, visit places online, and hopefully in person, talk to people. It sounds really scary because there's so many colleges, mm -hmm. but you can keep winnowing down your pool so that you're looking at a reasonable number. Jasek says that U.S. News has stepped into a vacuum, and it's not a vacuum that has to be there. I actually think parents should be demanding more college counselors in high schools, not better rankings. Um, people do need help, but I think they need individualized help. And one of the greatest inequities right now in American education is if you look at the ratio of college counselors to students, it's so much uh, tilted mm -hmm. toward those who already have advantages. And don't think that the folks at U.S. News haven't noticed those missing ranks of high school counselors. I think the rankings have filled a void, which has evolved over time about as public school systems in, in many states have you know, reduced high school counseling, that mm -hmm. many prospective parents and the students themselves are, have to do it yourself. You know, right. the, the counselor load is so high that people have to figure this out for themselves. And, and, and the rankings and, and the data that we publish has, has been a way for people to do that, which didn't exist. But even Morse, who has devoted the past three decades to ranking colleges and crunching data, acknowledges a clear truth. Where you go to school is a pretty small part of the overall equation. He, for example, went to the University of Cincinnati. 
But it was like everything in life, it's hard work and dedication and being able to think and coming up with, with ideas and being an, an entrepreneur, you know, like a, like you could say, I'm like a ranking entrepreneur, somebody <laughs> who's, who's, who's helped create, you know, how to use data. So, you know, the ranking isn't going to help you rise up the corporate ladder. The ranking isn't going to make you a law partner. The ranking isn't going to make you a... A surgeon. They're not going to make you a Nobel Prize winner. You you have to do all those things on on your own. Mm-hmm. But and and it's true that I didn't go to top ranked schools. But but I've worked hard and I've I've come up with ideas and I work for a company that's invested in in these ideas or mm-hmm. gotten their gotten their resources and and thought they were worth publishing and and in some ways you know the rest is history. We've got lots more about the U.S. News College Rankings on our website. There you will find a link to a profile of Robert Morse, as well as links to the Politico article that we mentioned criticizing the rankings, and more about the connection between family income and a student's college performance. That's all at innovationhub.org.